It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I am Vanessa Grace, your host. If this is the first time that you are listening to this podcast, welcome. I'm glad that you are here. I welcome you with open, warm, and loving arms. And this is a place for healing and personal understanding. And I think everyone deserves to have that in their life. So I am excited that you have found this podcast. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of talking about journaling. I brought up a few episodes ago fears that people have around journaling, and I said I would continue that conversation, and that is what today is. I'll be talking about three different methods that a person can use for journaling. But before I get into that more in depth, I want to remind you that the website is live! If you want to check out my new website, you can go to soulamplified.org and check it out. Also, just this week, um, starting on Monday, and it will go through September 19th, 2021, if you have been wanting to work with me in some way, but just haven't really known how, you can use a coupon code that I am giving out to everyone to celebrate the new website. So you can use this coupon code to sign up for a single session with me. Now, single sessions are the Codependency Breakthrough Power Hour, um, Energy Healing, or a Tarot Card Reading. And there are deeper descriptions of those on the website. And you can look there and see if they're going to be the right fit for you. And the coupon code is SAVE25. And so when you go to schedule and pay, you just pop in that coupon code between September 13th and September 19th, 2021, and then you would get 25% off those specific three sessions with me. And if you can't decide which one you want and you want more than one, just know that you can use the coupon code three times. I did that on purpose so that if you wanted one of each, you could have one of each, all of them at 25% off. So I'm very excited to offer that to you guys and hopefully be able to meet more of you and work with more of you and help you along your healing. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into ways to journal. I've already talked about the fears about journaling and I went into a little bit about why I think it is important. The first method for journaling that I consider to be the most common, but that's probably because I use it myself and so it's just so natural for me. I, I don't even know what to call it, so I just called it personal insight. And what I mean by that is it is a brain dump for your thoughts and emotions of your inner world with the purpose of being able to understand yourself more. So that's why I call it the personal insight method. There may be a different, like, official name for it, 
but I literally don't know what it is. And I'm okay with that. If you know a different name for it, or you know um, more about it, I totally want to hear from you because I love hearing about um, different ways to do journaling, of course, because I'm really into journaling. How do you go about doing this method? Sometimes people don't know how to get started. So what I say is if you are talking to a friend about an issue or a concern or a perspective that's happening in your life, what you would say to the friend is exactly what you can write in the journal. But it doesn't even have to be in complete sentences. There doesn't have to be correct spelling. You could have phrases and fragments, and it doesn't have to make any sense at all because it's not for anybody else to read. It is for you to be able to express yourself and get that stuff out of you um, because I find that when it is out of you, it makes more sense and you have increased clarity. And so you would put out what your thoughts are. Maybe you're really frustrated with somebody and so you're talking about how mad you are and why you are mad. And then you could notice what you've written and maybe that's all you need to do. But maybe you want to go deeper and you want to understand your anger or you want to get over your anger. And so then you could question if what the other person did is really equivalent to the amount of anger that you have. And so then you could say, notice that your anger exceeds the situation that this other person did. Like it's worth being mad about, but your anger exceeds it. It's not equivalent. And so then you could ask yourself, um, I wonder what else I'm mad about. Or I wonder um, what about my history this situation reminds me of. So any psychological stuff that you know about yourself or that you know about how humans work and think, you could then utilize in the journaling to ask yourself better questions and discover more things. So if you're in therapy um, and your therapist has been teaching you something, you can ask yourself questions about that in your journal to then go deeper into um, what's happening and why it's happening. And if you want to change something about your thoughts or how you're responding or your emotions or just work through them. And sometimes just expressing them is enough, right? And there are so many different um, insights from psychology and human development and how people work and communication, um, just interpersonal stuff that can be utilized in this section that they are probably each individually their own type of journaling or their own method of self-awareness. And you can use each of those to figure out more um, what's going on with you. And so I just ca am calling this one personal insight because you're trying to pay attention to what you're thinking and feeling to grow as a person. Okay, the second kind of journaling um, is gratitude journaling. And this one is very popular and talked about in mainstream culture quite frequently and not specifically owned by the mental health world in any way. In any way. It's definitely connected to the spiritual world, the personal development world, 
um, or the world of, you know, trying to change, change your worldview or um, even the law of attraction to have more positive emotions. And one of the things I would like to say about gratitude journaling is that it's really effective, but people tend to underestimate its power. People tend to not really get how amazing it actually can be when you focus on the good things in your life. I have been, so I'm going to do sciencey stuff for a minute, guys. Buckle up. I have talked about the book, It Didn't Start With You, in the past in my series on generational patterns, which was back in early 2021, like January to February. I talked about that book and the author, Mark Wallen, and I am taking his training right now. I am in his online pre-recorded training, and it is, gosh, it's like 10 videos long, and each video is like two hours. So I'm like three hours into this 20 plus hour training. And one of the things that he talks about is that the epigenetically inherited um, trauma or, you know, genetic markers that earmark people to potentially be more likely to have PTSD or depression or all these other sorts of troublesome things that they can be reversed and that they have been reversed in scientific studies with mice. And he is showing in what I'm learning just how amazing that is. And one of the things that he talks about, about how to change those epigenetic markers is that we must calm our brain's stress response. And he lists all of these different ways that we can do that. Like we need to release feel-good neurotransmitters and hormones by engaging in things that bring us joy and happiness. And that could be any number of things that are positive and healthy. That we need to practice receiving love and support because it builds um, good things inside of us, for lack of a better word. Having feelings of compassion and gratitude, so he even says the word gratitude, um, having feelings of loving kindness and mindfulness, all of this helps with feeding the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is that the is the part of your brain at the front of your um, head, the forehead, and it is the part of your brain that helps with logic and decision-making and makes us um, less likely to make impulsive decisions because the prefrontal cortex will come online and be like, actually, we're going to make this better choice. And anything that brings us peace and joy and helps us reframe a perspective to be um, less panicky is going to be helpful. He has said that just eight hours of meditation, I do not think he meant continuous. I just think he meant if you began meditating and then you meditated at five minutes every day, when you reached eight hours of five minutes of meditation every day or whatever your practice was, even eight hours can help change the brain so that the chemistry and the hormones or whatever fancy things are moving around in a way to make your mind calmer and have a lower stress response 
in your brain. Okay, so he is saying that this works and he specifically mentioned that feelings of gratitude and focusing on gratitude works. And he also specifically mentioned doing one minute a day of mindfulness six times within that day, just spacing it out. And then repeating that and repeating that and repeating that can also help with the brain's stress response. So gratitude journaling. If you were to write for one to five minutes a day only about things that make you happy, only about things that you are thankful for, it is going to help. So, okay, how do you do gratitude journaling? One, I think it is beautiful and wonderful if in your gratitude journal, you are only writing positive things. I mean, that's obviously the first step, but I want to say it really, really clearly. Because people, what they'll start doing is they'll start saying, well, I can't appreciate, you know, so-and-so because there's still parts of them that I find irritating. Or I can't appreciate my job because there's parts of it that bother me and make me mad. But what I want to point out is, would you miss it if it was gone? There are things in my life that I would like to change, but if they were gone, I would miss them because I actually still need them to be there until the new thing shows up that I would like to have instead. So you can still have gratitude for your old rundown car until you get your new car or your new to you car, whatever that next level is. You can still appreciate that your house is painted and doesn't need to be painted, even though you don't like the color and it bothers you. You can be so incredibly thankful that the paint works because it's protecting the house from the elements and protecting it from having other problems. So you're like, thank you for being here and protecting my home. I am so thankful for you and I am looking forward to when I can upgrade you to be a more fantastical color on my home and continue to protect my home. So I thank you for now. And so it is a way to shift your perspective from noticing what is negative into noticing what is positive. What will happen with gratitude journaling is that people will slide into starting to talk about why something isn't good enough or what they don't like about it. And it's going to be important that you catch yourself in the gratitude journaling and then go, oh, wait, I'm doing that. I can do that at a different time and talk about what I don't like about it. Right now, I'm just listing what I do like. And that might mean that you have to go into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces of this specific thing to and segment it into different sections. Like I already talked about the paint on somebody's house. So you notice that most people are going to notice the color of the paint and whether or not they like it, right? But I went to a more specific function of the paint, which is what the paint is supposed to do, which is protect the wood on your house from rotting so that it doesn't have an issue and your house stays safe. So I went into just one small corner of what paint does and was appreciative of that one small thing. Now you may have a person in your life that you're like, I should appreciate them, but I have such a hard time. So you could go, you know what? I appreciate 
that they always clean up after themselves. Even if you have all these other things you could say about their behavior or about how they interact with you or about how they do their job, you can say, you know what? They do always clean up after themselves. And I really appreciate that. Um, because cleanliness is helpful, and then I don't have to do it, you know, if it's a person that you live with. And even if it's a person you work with in the workplace, it's also really nice if they clean up after themselves. And so try in your gratitude journal, and you'll get better at it the more you do it, to not fall into that section of eliminating things to be thankful for because it's not 100% what you want. It could be 1% what you want, and you can be thankful for that 1% in a gratitude journal. Another thing that I think is important about a gratitude journal is I really like it, and of course this is a preference, you do what you want, I really like it when the gratitude journal is its own separate journal. Or if you do it in your phone or on your computer, it's its own separate note, it's its own separate file, almost like it's not getting contaminated by all of the other stuff where you're processing things that are difficult or talking about things that are difficult in the gratitude journal. It is only positivity. And so it's like you're allowing the gratitude journal to radiate. Mm, just feel it. It's radiating. It's radiating the positivity that you are putting in there. And so it's almost like when you pick it up, you just know that you're going to feel good because it's already got so many good juicy things in there that make you happy and you know that you can appreciate them. Now, doing the gratitude journaling is asking your amygdala, the part of your brain that I think I'm saying the right part, that is seeking out danger and tough stuff. And, and that's its job to keep us safe. It's like part of our biology. But if that one gets overworked, it can become too big, and then our brains are only ever looking for danger. So doing the gratitude journal helps to shrink it to the appropriate size so that those things that we're finding in the world that are potential dangers and that are potentially negative are not taking over our entire life. And the third type of journaling that I want to talk about Really, I don't even know what it's called, but I've experienced it several times at workshops and trainings, and it has always been so profound for me and so informative. So I'm just going to call it non-dominant hand journaling or writing. So what this process is, is a back and forth between writing with your dominant hand, and then writing with your non-dominant hand. And maybe you even write them in a different color ink. And maybe you write them um, left justified and right justified, if you know what that means. Like, like if I'm doing this, I'll indent my dominant hand a little bit and write. And then I will not indent when I write with my non-dominant hand so that they you can visually see the color difference from which hand is writing and you can see the difference in the indentation. And then also what's gonna happen is your non-dominant hand is going to have much more simplistic childlike writing. And so there's going to, unless you're, um, uh, what's it called, ambidextrous, um, or are left-handed, and so often people who are left-handed know how to write 
with both better than a person who is right-handed. And so you have all of these different ways of seeing distinctly what was written by your dominant hand and what was written by your non-dominant hand. And it can be this call back and forth of question and answer. It can be writing an insight about yourself with a dominant hand. And then the non-dominant hand will come in and give deeper insight or different insight or say, actually, I don't think that's what's going on at all. Um, and I've heard it phrased in different ways about what the non-dominant hand is pulling from. Some believe that it is pulling from a place of deeper childhood with unfinished um, inner child wounds. If you don't know what the inner child is, I did an episode on that a few weeks ago that you can reference to understand the inner child. Um, other people believe you're talking to your higher self in terms of a spiritual realm, or that maybe you're even channeling somebody and sharing their thoughts. No matter what you believe it is, what's happening is that you are accessing a part of self or the universe, depending on what your intention is, um, to be less in your left hemisphere of your brain, which is going to be really organized and regimented. And you're trying to access a more dreamlike state with that non-dominant hand so that you can access deeper truths and knowings. And the insights and the information that tend to come from this back and forth non-dominant hand, dominant hand, non-dominant hand, alternating is incredibly beneficial because when you are writing with your non-dominant hand, you are usually writing so much slower and it will take so much more time to write the sentence or the sentences or the phrase. Um, it's almost like it mulls around in your mind in a different way because you're not in a rush to get the words out. Um, or actually, you could still be in a rush, but my point is that you can't get them out as fast as your mind is thinking them and wanting to write them down. And so you have to go at a slower pace. And you'll find that the thoughts will come out in pace with what you can write. And so it won't over overextend. You won't have several sentences in your mind that you'll then forget before you can write them out with your non-dominant hand, you will be able to keep up and you will be reminded of what you're supposed to write next, almost as if it's coming from deep within you or if you are getting help with it. Now, in my exact moment right now, I cannot remember a specific example from myself of what I was writing about. But this um, has always been a very profound experience for me whenever I have done it. There has usually been a prompt, meaning there's some sort of initializing question. You can write one for yourself and it can be very simple. It could be something like, how am I feeling about a person or a situation? Or the prompt could be, how can I grow in gratitude? 
how can I improve my ability to be loving? It, it could be anything that you want to improve about yourself or anything you want to be more aware of or, um, you know, the sky's the limit with what the prompt could be. And it's just a place to start. If there is something specific that you have been working on in your life, you can create a question for yourself. And um, it doesn't even have to be a super great question or, you know, being, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing question in the world. You just need to start with something because then your psyche can pick up and go from there. And it may end up being in a very different place with this dominant hand, non-dominant hand writing. So you would write the prompt with your non, or sorry, you would write the prompt with your dominant hand and then see what the answer is in your non-dominant hand. And then maybe you have a response, like maybe some more logical thoughts or some more logical questions, or hey, explain this, what does this mean? And then you go back to the non-dominant hand for the answer. And maybe it is a sharing and a building. Maybe it's almost like um, a disagreement where like, I'm not sure I understand that. I don't think I agree with you. And then the non-dominant hand can come out and share more information to help you understand more. This method of journaling, sometimes you don't want to do it in a journal. Sometimes you want to do it on a big piece of craft paper because it, it has a more childlike feel. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it in a journal, but for me, I think I would find that a little bit more cramped there's more freedom of space if you're doing it on a larger piece of paper, say an eight and a half by 11 or an 11 by 14 or, you know, even bigger than that if you want, because it allows for there to be no boundaries when you're writing with the non-dominant hand, which I think encapsulates that sense of freedom that you want to have of being able to draw and color outside of the lines, which is kind of the concept that's going along with this non-dominant hand writing. Um, I hope that these three journaling methods have been insightful for you and that you could see how you could incorporate them into your life Again, knowing that journaling does not have to be something that you do every day. It does not have to be a perfect system. I believe the point of journaling is to become self-aware and to grow personally. And so however frequently you need to journal to achieve that and to assist yourself in growing more fully is how frequently you should do it. I wish you all of the best, my dear. Go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified. <laughs>